0: This is Rosie Flores,
1: and you're listening to Pure West Rodeo with B.B. Scone.
2: <laughs> we need to do that again. Okay? Hey, well, it's not a rodeo, it's radio. Did I say rodeo? You said rodeo. I did? Theater. I did not. I could play it back to you if you wanted to. Oh, okay. You said rodeo. Oh, God. Your, your I need textures. a drink. Let's go so to the right. bar, and then we'll do it.
1: <laughs> okay, one more time. All right.
2: Take, okay. take 69. Okay.
1: All right. Hey, this is Rosie Flores, and you're listening to B.B. Scone on Far Rodeo. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, Far
2: West Radio. Pure West. On Point View. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh,
3: Pure. Okay, <laughs>
2: okay. I think you definitely need a drink.
1: Okay, let's try it again.
2: You're probably
1: your large left as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right calm calm Hi, this is Rosie Flores and you're listening to Pure West Radio with B.B. Scone Yeehaw! (laughs)
2: Am you good-looking lot? Thanks for joining me once again for a gentle ramble through the landscape of B.B. Scones countryside. What you got cooking tonight? I hear you ask me. Well, we've got a Johnny Cash special. Later on, I'll be joined in the studio by Ian Calford, a roots country musician of note himself and an acknowledged expert on Johnny Cash, to talk us through some of his favourite Johnny Cash's recordings. To continue, here's a recording by Billy Joe Shaver, who sadly passed away a week or two ago, one mighty fine songwriter, and in the band in Eddie Shaver, another mighty fine guitar player. This is uh, Billy Joe Shaver with Georgia On My Mind.
4: the road and never once looked back and I that's all I'd mention my grandma's old age pension is the reason why I'm standing here today I got all my country learning milking and a churning digging cotton raisin hill and bailing hay I've been to Georgia on a fast train honey I would have born no yesterday Good Christian raisin and eighth grade education Ain't no needin' y'all to treat me this way And our sweet Carolina I don't guess I'll ever find another woman put together like you Talking, your brand new shiny flimmin' rag top car let's hurry up and wait in this world of give and take. Seem like a haste it makes for waste every time. And I declare to my soul when you hear those ages roll you better know I'm gonna get my share of mine.
2: Billy Joe uh, later on in the programme, but for now, from one Billy to another, Billy Swan. He had a hit in the early 70s, uh, unusual for a country record to get into the top 10 here in the UK. I was living in London at the time and had the great pleasure and go and see him live on a bill with Willie Nelson. It was a terrific evening. Here he is with that single that got into the charts. I think it was about 1974, but I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I can help. Billy Swan. let me Billy Swan is probably um, more well-known, in the long term anyway, for his songwriting talents. Uh, he wrote for many other people, including Elvis himself. Now, Patsy Klein is a strong woman in country whose life was taken all too soon. She also relied on other songwriters for some of her greatest hits, but... You don't have to be a songwriter to be a fantastic performer or musician. It's the interpretation of the song. Respect is usually attributed to uh, Aretha Franklin, and her version was probably the definitive one, but it's often forgotten that Otis Redding wrote that song. And, in fact, Otis himself said that Aretha had really nailed it. Well, this is a song by Willie Nelson, and I think Patsy Klein has really nailed it as well. It's called Crazy.
0: You'd leave me for somebody new Worry Why do I
2: let the moment pass could I without playing a track by Willie Nelson himself now 87 years old 87 <laughs> I think he attributes his long life to the ingestion of Mary Jane quite a bit but folks do not try this at home what a career he's led a absolutely amazing songwriter and a performer. still playing that battered old guitar aptly enough Here's a song called On The Road Again. There's going to be a lot of songs about roads tonight. Well, there often is in country. And Willie Nelson has spent more time on the road than most of us have been live, probably.
4: On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again The Life I love is making music with my friends
2: we went from one Billy to another. Now in cheesy link number 42, we're gonna go from one Willie to another Willie. <laughs> he said adjusting his mullet and pushing the sleeves of his jacket up beyond his elbows from Willie Nelson to Willie the Wandering Gypsy although they could be the same person couldn't they really but Willie the Wandering Gypsy is a song written by the late Billy Joe Shaver and appears on the latest album by Pembrokeshire's Ian Calford a roots country musician of renown the album's called Wood and Wire and on it Ian performs his favourite country music's Music in his own inimitable rootsy country style, uh, accompanied by Dave Luke on mandolin and Carl Bedis on acoustic bass. Ian will be talking immediately after that to us about uh, Johnny Cash, because Ian is an acknowledged expert on the music of Johnny Cash. In fact, he plays it a lot in his act himself. And his father, Cal Ford, was renowned as the Welsh Johnny Cash. But before we get Ian in to speak to us and regale us with tales of Johnny Cash and his favourite music by that man, the man in black, <laughs> let's drag in Ian from outback and uh, hear his song, "Willie, the Wandering Gypsy."
6: Three fingers, whiskey, pleasures the, the drinkers, and moving as more And the same things for me. Willie Head tells me, doers and thinkers say moving is the closest thing to being free. While well, he's rosin' his riggings, laid back his wages, he's dead set on riding in the big rodeo. My woman's tired with an old new baby. Blue northern, a ready roll from the same makings as me. Well, I reckon we're gonna ramble till hell freezes over. Willie, the wandering gypsy, and me, ladies, will surely we'll take off your favors and we will surely warn you they never will. They can put brand or handle on Willie the wandering Gypsy and me. Well, we dance on the mountains, sharp in the canyons, swarming a loose herd like a wild buffalo. Jamming our heads full of figures and angles, telling the stuff that we already know.
2: There you go, that's uh, Willie the Wandering Gypsy One of the magnificent records uh, uh, Well, tracks on the record uh, Wood and Wire by Ian Calford And that young man is in the studio with me now Here at Pure West Radio Hi, Ian Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing it's a, great, it's a great record But we're not going to talk about that for the moment Because you're here helping me out on this uh, country music programme B.B. Scones Countryside As my resident expert How does it feel to be a resident expert?
7: Honoured, privileged. I'm happy to be here as always.
2: (laughs) And it's incredible the amount of knowledge that Ian has got about the country scene, not just here in the UK, but all over the world. It's amazing. And we're privileged to have him talking to us uh, and sharing his knowledge with us. Who have you chosen or what have you chosen uh, for the first one, Ian?
7: Obviously, uh, I had a sort of think about this uh, but I had to come down to the it had to be Johnny Cash to start with for me I could have talked about Jimmy Rogers I could have talked about Hank Williams I could have talked about a lot more of the Carter family and of course
2: you've developed a reputation yourself as a man who plays a lot of Cash songs in
7: his act you made an album Strapped for Cash in in Memphis was it? yeah Yeah, it was a uh, It's split between Memphis and Nashville, actually. We did three, but obviously there's a story behind the third one why it wasn't released. I fell into a bit of a disagreement with the record company, but that's for another story. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I love Cash. Never been a tribute guy. I've always sort of prided ourselves on on the sound of it rather than the... uh, the vocal kind of side of things, really.
2: Your, your band backed Tommy Cash at one point as well, Johnny's Brother. I Yeah, four it, times, yeah. Too. I saw your, the drummer in your band uh, recently, Mark Kemler. when I yeah. went to the Rosie <laughs> Flores gig. He had some interesting tales to say. Oh,
7: we had a great time. <laughs> uh, Mark Mark uh, refused to speed up a song that uh, Tommy wanted to do a little bit faster. And Tommy was making hand gestures behind his back whilst we were on stage, and it was an interesting uh, moment, to be honest. But yeah, uh, it was great. <laughs> Elvis didn't really use a drummer at the beginning, and Cash... Didn't use many drummers, did he? No, Cash never used a drummer. Actually, contrary to probably f- when they went into the studio uh, to do uh, audition for Sam Phillips in 1954, um, there were there were four of them that went. Um, oh right, I didn't the f- know that. The, the fourth member is never spoken about, and his name was uh, A.W. Red Canoodle, and he was a st- <laughs> he was a steel guitar player. There's some say that he auditioned with, with uh, "I Was There When It Happened." And some say that he auditioned with um uh wide open road two different two different stories. We'll never really know the truth because everybody that was involved had all gone ah. but uh, th- there is a recording of uh, wide open road with red canoodle on it, plain steel, and this goes back to sort of um mid. Uh, Mid August of 50, 54, 1954. Uh, it was it was thought that he got stage fright and he didn't want to play again, and nobody'd ever heard of him since.
2: One of the songs that he recorded at Sun Studios, you've chosen
7: to open up with tonight. Explain why. Well, I, I chose Hey Porter because um, uh, it, it, that was like a lot of his early Sun uh, songs w- were written while he was in the Air Force. He was in Germany, and at the time he was married to uh, Vivian Liberto, and he used to write songs uh basically to remind himself of, of being home with his with his at the Found time girlfriend yeah. and Hay Porter he'd written as a poem uh for Vivian. When they went to Sun Studio to do the audition, he didn't use any of those songs for the audition. He used as they say, either is either I Was There When It Happened, which was a popular gospel song at the time, or Wide Open Road. It is when Sam Phillips decided that uh, he would record them uh, he wanted them to record one of their own songs it was hey Porter that cash chose and they did two takes um obviously about a about a guy in a train on his way home okay well we listen to that now Ian uh, the, the good take is it the best this is take? a good take but what a lot of people don't know is that although this was re- this was recorded in the July of 54. It was never released until the May of '55. I mean, Sam was concentrating predominantly on Elvis at the time, because uh, Elvis. When did
2: Elvis make his first record? Then it was sung. July
7: the fourth, '54. I mean, Cash was there early on as well. I mean, Elvis and Cash were there around the same time, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Let's hear Hay Porter." We'll talk some more later on. Hey Porter.
8: Hay Porter. You tell me the time How much longer will it be to we cross that Mason-Dixon line At daylight would you tell that engineer to slow it down Or better still just stop the train cause I want to look around Hey Porter, hey Porter, what time did you say How much longer will it be to I can see the light of day when we hit Dixie, will you tell that engineer to ring his bell And ask everybody that ain't asleep to stand right up and you Hey Porter, hey Porter, it's getting light outside This old train is puffin' smoke and I have to strain my eyes But ask that engineer if he will blow his whistle, please Cause I smell frost on cotton leaves and I feel that southern breeze Hey, Porter, hey, Porter, please get my bags for me I need nobody to tell me now that we're in Tennessee Go tell that engineer to make that lonesome whistle scream We're not so far from home, so take it easy on the steam Hey Porter, please open up the door When they stop this train I'm gonna get off first Cause I can't wait no more Tell an engineer I said thanks a lot And I didn't mind the fare I'm gonna set my feet on southern soil And breathe that southern air
2: Absolutely amazing sound uh, that Sam Phillips got in the uh, Sun Studios there at Memphis which is also where uh, Elvis first recorded it. Tell us a bit about the musicians that he was using, apart from the guy you did mention um, I've forgotten his a- name. A.W. Red Canoodle. How can I forget that name? I know. Apart from him, about the other musicians he used and what made his sound so different and special.
7: Okay, so uh, there's, there's obviously a, there's, a, there's a leading up to the meeting of the musicians. Um, Cash uh, left the Air Force and he uh, ended up in Memphis. And Cash started working for um, a domestic appliance sales company. Basically, he was a door-to-door salesman for vacuum cleaners and fridges and whatnot. He was absolutely dreadful at at this. One particular afternoon, he was listening to the radio, which was, this this would have been around about sort of, well, just after Elvis had recorded That's Alright, Mama and um obviously the song knocked him out of the water and he was he was amazed at the, the sound of this. Nobody had ever heard anything like like this before. Um, you know, you talk about Jackie Brenston's Rocket Eighty Eight, which is a fantastic song. But that was a lot earlier, and that was a different kind of genre of the music,
2: with rhythm and blues. Oh, it through, was complete.
7: It, yeah. yeah, it was completely different. But you know, when this, when this, uh, dare I say it, when this white boy came out with this song. Well, of course, just to mention, J- Jackie Brenson was the singer, in Ike Turner's band, yes. Afro American yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. But um, when when Elvis had come out with this song, and it, it just knocked uh, the young the young people for six. Cash, at that moment, it was it, it was he decided that he needed a. He needed to sing. Because up until then, all he wanted to do was become a radio presenter because Cash was a trained radio operator in the Air Force. It was was actually Cash that reported the death of Stalin back to the... Really? ...to the Pentagon, yeah, in 1953. Right. And uh, he intercepted a message, and that was his job, and he reported it back to me. He walked into a garage... And uh, he saw this guy playing guitar, and uh, he basically—I mean, imagine had he not walked into the garage at that time, or if Luther Perkins had just gone to get a cup of coffee at that moment—and <laughs> it was Luther Perkins that um, was playing the guitar. They started talking; they hit it off immediately, and um, Luther invited uh, Cash around around his house. And um, they went around the house, and uh, Marshall was there, because Marshall was another car mechanic, and Marshall, Marshall Grant, I'm yeah. very sorry, the bass player. Yeah. But he wasn't a bass player at the time. All three of them were only rhythm players, and um, they all sort of sat around the house and sort of playing, playing guitar and singing songs and stuff like that. <clears throat> this was um, July of 54. When you, when you put the dates into context, from the moment they met to the moment that they went into the studio... So the moment that they recorded their first single you're talking weeks wow. how old would these guys have been then still teenagers they? Uh, i think uh, cash would have been what was that 54 1932 you'd have been 20 24. Oh, a old. bit older. I thought he was born <coughs> later. Though. Elvis was younger. Elvis was, ah. was born 19 when you. were. He yeah, because he was
2: 34 or 35, wasn't he?
7: These guys kind of gelled straight away.
2: And Luther Perkins' guitar style, arguably, at that period, certainly, mm. uh, were part of the creation of the cash legend, would you say? Absolutely 100 it's not <laughs> true
7: that because he's a simple player that he's not very good? I mean, I've I've seen many, 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 many bands, both in the US over in europe and in the uk try to emulate what luther perkins done and i've only ever seen one person uh oh. not with the ability to do it but one person disciplined enough to maintain that sound um fortunately he plays with me but um <laughs> but it was agreed that luther would play lead marshall would play bass none of these guys had ever uh owned an electric guitar or an upright bass at the time N- none of them when you get together with three guys for the very first time, not knowing that what you're going to create is going to become a groundbreaking sound for for musical history, which which it is. I think yeah, Cash yeah. Cash has got the most identifiable sound in the history of music,
2: and it's I'd, all, I'd question that. I'd say <coughs> Chuck Berry as well, but
7: well, okay, I'll fight you outside for okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, so you know when all three of them come up with this. This sound, and it wasn't yeah, it wasn't unique yeah, it wasn't by mistake, it wasn't because this is what they wanted to try and do. it was because that's all they could do. There's a great line that uh, Cash says, "I'd play fast if I
3: could
7: <laughs> or I'd play good if I could, but you know you listen to the early sun stuff, and it's just absolutely it's phenomenal, and uh, the louder it is, the better it is. People think there was only three people involved. So I've chosen this next song, right, to knock that out of the water. Why, what is it and why? right? So the song is "Big River," uh, again written by Cash, but it's about a woman who commits suicide. She jumps okay. into the Mississippi River. Um, but there's five people on this on this song. Um, recorded in 19, uh, mid-1957, uh, re- produced by uh, Jack Clement, right? Well, on that session was obviously Luther Perkins on guitar. There was Cash on rhythm, Marshall Grant on bass, but on drum, ba- bass drum uh, was Billy Lee Riley. Really, a lot of people don't realize. Flying sources rock and roll. Exactly. Run, so yeah, yeah. Billy played the bass drum on that song, and Jack Clement played open tuning acoustic, which is that big powerful chord you hear. Wow That's, Including a drum yeah, Mr. <laughs> Mr Ian Calford Is a really
2: expert He really knows his stuff um, But enough of him For the moment Let's hear some more cash Here is Big River
8: Now I taught the weeping willow How to cry And I showed the clouds How to cover Up a clear blue sky and the tears that I cried for that woman Are gonna flood you, Big River And I'm gonna sit right here until I die I met her accidentally in St. Paul, Minnesota And it tore me up every time I heard her draw Southern draw Then I heard my dream went back downstream Cobortin' and Davenport And I followed you, Big River when you call Oh, And you took me to St. Louis Later on down the river A freighter said she's been here But she's gone, boy, she's gone I found her trail in Memphis But she just walked up the bluff She raised a few eyebrows And then she went on down along Now won't you bat it down by Baton Rouge River Queen, roll it on Take that woman on down to New Orleans New Orleans Go on, I've had enough Dump my blues down in the Gulf She loves you, Big River more than me oh, Now I talk to weeping willow How to cry, cry, cry And I showed the clouds How to cover up a clear blue sky tears that I cried for that woman Are gonna flood you, Big River And I'm gonna sit right here until
2: I die Big River, recorded by Johnny Cash, and five of them on their record, allegedly going to at Sun Studios. Now, at some point, uh, he moved. He, like Elvis, he left... Sun Studios for a big record label. Elvis went to RCA, uh,
7: Johnny Cash went to... He went to CBS. And uh, why was that then? I think in all, in all in all fairness, at the time, Sam was concentrating predominantly on Jerry Lee Lewis. I wouldn't say there was any resentment there, but I'm sure there was a little bit of envy there because Jerry Lee had a massive, a massive following in the South, uh, in, in America... Rightly so. If, uh, if he's recording stuff like Great Balls of Fire, Sam Phillips is going to concentrate on him. Cash was approached by CBS and promised that if he went with CBS, he could record any gospel song that he'd wanted to record. And right. that was what Cash wanted to do originally when he went to Sun. Sure. Really? So, of course,
2: CBS yeah. had national distribution as well, and uh, uh, going to sell more records than Sun was.
7: Of course, I mean, I mean, there's far more distribution with CBS than there was with Sun. You know, I mean, Sun was still at the time predominantly uh, a company where Sam would fill the boot of his car and go around and distribute yeah, the albums in yeah. that way. I mean, some people say
2: that you know Sam Phillips made a mistake selling Elvis to RCA. Do you think he made a mistake selling? Getting I don't. Rid of cash th- I don't. Th- um, was different do circumstance.
7: What do you mean? Do, was it a mistake selling cash? Uh, getting rid of cash? Yeah, yeah. But well, no. It, it, well, what happened with Elvis? He sold Elvis's contract to RCA for fifty thousand dollars cash. Left. Oh, right, Sam Phillips. What the point I was trying to make was
2: <laughs> Elvis's. To my mind, music went downhill completely when he left Sun. His best recordings. Bar a few are the Sun recordings. Oh,
7: I, I, did that happen to Cash? I think so. Um, I think, and Sam Phillips has, uh, has been recorded in saying this. You know, when when uh, when Cash left Sun, something disappeared yeah. in Cash's sound. And you know, wh- when it was that three-piece kind of um, intense, it was rockabilly. You know, rockabilly wasn't termed rockabilly at that time. They called it western bebop and um, you know Cash was different Elvis was different but Cash was even more different because he, he whipped up a frenzy in the audience Uh, with just this simplistic sound that he had. So there was something electrifying about him. If I can
2: interrupt you there, you said they were both different. I agree with you. How did Cash get to this? Because we know nothing comes out of nowhere in art, music, or even science. What was Cash listening to? What had he been influenced by growing up? Okay,
7: so as a young boy, Cash grew up in a place called uh, Dias in Arkansas. But, you know, as a young boy, he would listen to the likes of the Carter family. Uh, Jimmy Rogers on WSM Grand Ole Opry on the radio, um, so he, he was listening to all that Louvin Brothers um, and all of that, Bill Monroe. So he he had a, a plethora of music that he was listening to, but unlike any other artist, he went up in front of the mic and he did his own thing, his own style. You can't see... And Elvis was pretty much similar. I mean, Elvis never wrote his own songs. Cash did. Yeah. But you, you, when you listen to Cash, I don't think, on the Sun label especially, you can't hear any influence coming out. What's coming out is what they're producing. It's There's, there's no... all. Oh, well, you can hear Hank Williams' influence there, or you can hear Jimmy Rogers' influence there. He might have took lines from songs, but I, I don't think you can hear any any other influence that's why it's what i call pure other people we might
2: regard as rockabilly there are many but famous names would probably be gene vincent
7: would well they, i class gene uh, vincent as the first electric rock and roll band do they predate maybe predate buddy holly wouldn't they um let know. me think when was so vincent recorded bebop a in I think december 55 and they released it in the january of 56. okay the point i
2: was going to make though before we just wandered off i mean people have covered buddy holly successfully yes including you know stones beatles gene vincent dave edmunds it's not a lot of people covered cash successfully that's a mark of how unique he is is it no It's, it's
7: because there's so much discipline in what he's done you you go and see any cash tribute band They'll come on no stage and, and there'll be five, <laughs> six, seven of them you yeah. know, trying to emulate this, this sound. And when people hear that boom-chicka-boom-chicka-boom, they always say, that's the cash sound. Yeah. But what they don't realise is that the cash sound is so sparse and less is so much more. When you listen to those early recordings, it's not boom-chicka-boom-chicka-boom, it's not, nothing like that.
2: Yeah, let's hear the next
7: song you've chosen now from the C, uh, cbs era i think right so this is from 1960 uh, the album's called now there was a song so the reason i've picked this is because this was the second album on cbs and this is a this is a prime example of cash's insecurity because he wanted to expand that sound from that simplistic acoustic trio into basically a larger band This is a song that he didn't write. Kenny Rogers wrote this song. You know, you've got Buddy Harmon on drums, you've got Gordon Terry on fiddle, Johnny Weston on rhythm guitar, Floyd Kramer was on piano, and uh, Don Helms, who played Hank Williams, on steel guitar. And the song's called I Feel Better All Over.
8: Well, I feel better all over. I feel better all over than anywhere else When you kiss me like you do Well, I'm as wild as a buck Every time you calls me up You sure makes me feel like a wheel Well, I feel better all over than anywhere else That's exactly how I feel I feel better all over more than any words else. Any time that you're near, well, my heart beats double time. When you hold your hand in mine, you show us a wonderful deal. Well, I feel better all over more than any words else. That's exactly how I feel. Oh, that's exactly how I feel.
2: Well, that's the first time I've
7: heard that. It certainly is very different, Ian. There's not the boom chickity boom boom Oh, it's not. I mean, there's a lot more to cash than that sound, you know I mean? But the nucleus of it is that that early early style and that early sound. But, um, you know, there's a lot more to cash out there. It's not just four (laughs) songs, you know. And there's a lot more of cash to come, and, Ian,
2: later on in the programme. But for now, we're going to have a listen to something completely different.
9: I knew a man bojangles and he danced for you. In worn out shoes, with silver hair, a ragged shirt and baggy pants. The old soft shoes, he jumped so high, jumped so high, then he'd lightly touch down. Mr. Bo Mr. Bo Mr. Bo Dance I met him in a salon. Light, talk of life, talk of life. Laugh slapped his legs down. Said the name dog and him we traveled about his dog up and died up and died after 20 years he still grieved said a dance now at every chance and honky tonk drink some tears. Most of the time I spend behind these county bars, I drink some beer. He shook his head, and as he shook his head, I heard someone ask.
2: Mr. Bojangles by Jerry Jeff Walker. Another musician and a mighty fine songwriter who sadly uh, passed away uh, not not too long ago. And that is a song that's been very much covered by loads of other people. And that is the original version, and I think it, it's the finest version. Yeah. We were talking earlier about covers uh, of songs, but I think uh, Jerry Jeff nailed his own song pretty much there. OK, I think it's time we had a bit of... Ernest tub This is him with Walking the Floor Over You.
1: You left me and you went away. You said that you'd be back in just a day. You've broken your promise and you left me here alone. I don't know why you did, dear, but I do know that you'll go. I'm walking the floor over you I can't sleep awake, that is true I'm hoping and I'm praying as my heart breaks riding too Walk in the Trading to walk in the floor. Walk in the floor over you.
2: Texas troubadour... Ernest Tubb there uh, with his most famous song epitomising the honky-tonk style for which he was to become famous and pioneered really I suppose. And in country music there was lots of sub-genres that were right down at the roots. And in modern day it's become homogenised. I suppose it started in the 60s with the uh, silky Nashville sound. Today uh, a lot of it is very rocky. Too rocky for me. And even the uh, alt-country, the modern country you know the bibs and braces and blistering boots of the youngsters who make uh, hillbilly and roots country music there's still a plethora of that and to me not always does that ring true either than a truly heartfelt music if you want to hear a really gutsy regional music that was part of country's rich landscape then you could do worse than check out Cajun. Here's a number by one of the finest exponents of that type of music, Nathan Abshire Les Filles du Canada. <laughs>
9: Je Canada, je du poil comme un vieux soldat Hé 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 Je du poil, je du poil Je si suis gens se, les pour la marier la partie partir, on s'en a été On s'en a été dans Québec On s'en a dans Québec Hé 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 Je suis du Canada dans suis du poil comme un vieux soldat Hé 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 Je suis du poil comme un vieux soldat Ya on,
2: energetic, it don't come much finer than pure Cajun as exemplified there by Nathan Abshire wow, now cool precise Picking is also a feature of the countryside, isn't it? And uh, we're going to have some of it now here on B.B. Scones Countryside on Pure West Radio. And just a reminder that this show is podcast for you to listen again or to let your mates know if they missed it. And the links will be found on the Facebook page entitled, funnily enough, B.B. Scones Countryside. And uh, anyway, here's some slick picking from one of the masters of the genre, Merle Travis, with Guitar Rag.